This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Franklin. Well, and um, extra yes, good morning. Extra good morning. We've got a special guest in we studio. Do. Good morning, Terry Kennedy. Uh, good morning, uh, Charlie. Morning, Frank. Nice Hi. to have you with us. Again, Terry is an orchid expert. We're talking all things orchid, I hope. And uh, you never yeah. know. People will call with whatever's on their minds. But still, any questions that you've been you know, holding back on, Terry knows everything you ever want to know about orchids, and except for this orchid tree that she, too, is having some issues with. So we might talk about that as well. But, uh, but you're also here to talk a bit about the orchid, the upcoming South Southern Ontario Orchid Society, the big show, the really big show. Yeah, the big show, the Valentine's, annual Valentine's show, the the. Flowers are are getting ready to, to be displayed, and th- this year's uh, theme is elegance, so oh. the displays are going to be very elegant. And how many flowers are you taking? Oh, sorry, Frank. No, it's okay. Just wondering the dates. Oh, in February 8th and 9th. Ah, there you go. So that would be next, next Saturday, Saturday Sunday. and Sunday. Uh, and that's both days, all day, 11 to 5, at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Ah, okay. Pretty good, eh? Got all the details there, <laughs> you, Frank. You Frank's did, a detail guy. <laughs> you did very well. Uh, let me do my other sure. little job here. And I have the only job that I have, Terry, is giving out the phone numbers, and oh. <laughs> sometimes and I get right way late. Then, <laughs> okay. For uh, those of you who want to get a call through to either Charlie or Terry or Frank uh, or for myself, sure. Uh, here's the number for Toronto: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Then anywhere in the province, toll free one. 866-740-4740. Keep in mind our little mantra, if you will. Uh, Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, why let Carlos and Duncan, our operators this morning, know. And uh, I'll get to this little bell before you get to the, the airwaves. There's get the your wings. wings. Yeah. Absolutely. And, first time callers. and last week, I think we broke all records for first-time callers. It was <laughs> more, great. More first-time callers than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, hey, happy February. Groundhog is over. Yeah. 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 Just thinking, Groundhog Day. So. Uh, and, and what are you doing tomorrow, Frank? Oh, uh, golly, I, my arms are going to be tired. I'm flying to Florida. <laughs> but, yeah. Leaving us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. One more reason why I love Frank so much. He does get to take these lovely little holidays, and, and then I have opportunities to bring in Frank Fillins. Well, there you go. Frankie Fillins. Oh, Frankie Fillins. So oh, one of our good. favorite Frankie Fillins is Sean James, and he'll be joining us next week. Do a super job. Just so you know. Uh, and just while I'm thinking about it, because there's a lot of meetings no. coming up. So February the 10th, Monday, February 10th, the Agent Court Garden Club will be meeting at 8 o'clock to hear all about fascinating floor from coast to coast with guest speaker Maureen Hulbert. Or Hulbert. Uh, there's refreshments, there's desserts. This is all at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd in Toronto. 
and then just quickly the following day, the Pickering Garden and Hort Society is meeting Tuesday, February 11th, 7.30 p.m. in the Pickering Recreation Centre. It is now called the Chestnut Hills Recreation Centre, but nevertheless, it is at 1867 Valley Farm Road in Pickering. In the O'Brien Rooms, Matthew Dressing will discuss cannabis, the history, cultivation, and harvesting. I should make sure my students know about this. I have some very keen cannabis growers in my (laughs) classes at Durham College, and this is happening in Pickering. They might be interested. So for more information, PickeringHorticulturalSociety.com. And lots more happening, but we can save some of it for the future. Okay. So we have to take our first little break. As a matter of fact, I see we've got a couple of callers lined up to join in on the conversation, including a first-time caller. Asking about orchids. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. So we'll get Terry to work very, very shortly here. Perfect. On the Garden (laughs) Show. And you are listening, my friends, to Zoomer Radio AM 740 and in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, and hello, Terry. Uh, Once again, we're here in studio, and our special guest is Terry Kennedy, uh, who has, well, she's an expert with orchids, so... She's actually, I think, an expert with a lot of things, but your real love is orchids. Okay. My passion. And it's the hobby that went wild. That's right. And you ended up with your own own business. That's right. And actually, we had to move house because we had too many plants. I love it. Either that, either that, or take off the roof so we can just grow them in the house. When, when you moved, was there a greenhouse already there? Or did you build? Oh, we built it. Yeah, you did. What what our criteria was? We wanted a, a little bit more property, and it had to have gas because we weren't going to continue oh, heating with with electricity, uh, electricity or gotcha. anything oh, like that. Yeah. So we had natural gas, uh, and they only had natural gas for the water heater at that. I guess. When this house was built, they could still do that. Mm. So that we had that. So then we, the first thing we we actually took the plants up, and they were in the basement. We borrowed um, the high voltage lighting, oh, and yeah. we lined the basement and put the plants down there. And when you opened the door, when everybody looked in there, was it said, "Oh my God!" Beautiful. So it was called the "Oh My God" room. <laughs> <laughs> Omg! Well, here we are, uh, Terry. Uh, we're now we're cooking with gas. To our yeah, first caller, truly. we go. Helen from Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Hello, uh, Charlie and Frank. I have two little cedar trees. Someone gave me. They're just sitting on my patio. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, should I do anything with them? They're <laughs> just in a little pot. So are there two separate little pots, I assume? Yes. And when did this somebody give them to you? How long ago? Oh, maybe um, August. Okay. Uh, and do you have a spot that you wanted to put them in the garden, or, or did you prefer them being above ground in pots? Well, I... You know, either one, um, I'm just wondering if they should be planted. Not now, of course. 
No. Well, it's actually, it's too bad you didn't call me back in September. Because <laughs> just so you know, little pots with little plants, little hardy plants like cedars, in little pots sitting above ground can suffer extremely in cold weather because they don't have much soil around the roots. So there's not a lot of insulation. And the freezing temperatures above ground are far more um, detrimental to plants than when the roots are below ground when it's not as cold on the roots. So it is possible that they will not survive the winter. But assuming they do, you'll know in the spring, they'll either turn orange or stay green, one or the other. If they turn orange, they're compost. If they stay green, I would do one of two things. I'd find a spot in the garden that's, you know, well-drained, reasonably fertile soil, half sun, half shade. No, they're going to get to be big plants. Or two little cedar trees in two larger pots might make quite the nice statement on your patio. If you get some bigger, you know, attractive, um, might be costly, but nevertheless, big pots, get those cedars in, get some flowers around for the summer and, and enjoy them year-round on the patio. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, Charlie. I just want to say, my orchid died, so I'm going to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Great, and come to the show and get yourself a new one. That's a good point. And don't beat yourself up, Helen. I have killed more orchids than anybody else. Trust me. She's We're a master a mile away, so it's so close. <laughs> there you go. Toronto Botanical Gardens next weekend, 11 oh, yeah. to 5 both days. <laughs> thank Thanks. you, thank Thanks you. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Thanks, Helen. Have a great weekend. Huh? Uh, okay, uh, let, uh, let Frankie reach for the bell. Here mm-hmm. we go. First-time caller, Sarosa from Toronto. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. So what's going on? Yeah, I, would, I have a one question about the orchid. Yeah. Whenever I buy the orchid, after come like one, two days, the leaves get yellow, and then suddenly they die. The leaves turn yellow? Yes, little by little. Little by little, yeah, okay. So I think Terry's going to want to ask you some questions, maybe give you some advice on how to keep them Mm -hmm. happy and healthy. But my first question would be, how often do you water? Yeah, usually before, like I have four, five times, but usually I was putting like once a week. Mm -hmm. But now where I bought the new one, I put little water inside all the time. But uh, uh, although... I am doing, but the leaves are getting yellow again. <laughs> All right. I love the sound of your birds in the background there. It sounds like you're in the tropics. <laughs> well, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's listen to what Terry has to say. I think we oh. need a primer for both Helen and Sarosa and maybe some other listeners on brand oh. new orchids. Somebody just gave it to me or I just fell in love with it and bought it, brought it home. What, what are the criteria to, to maximize success with those orchids? Okay. Usually the orchids, especially when they first arrive in the stores, are really healthy and they should last, uh, the flowers should, uh, should last for several months and the plants themselves can live for a very long time. So when you bring them home, you have to take a look at what they're potted in. Uh, they may be very dry, they may be wet, but if they're in a, a moss-like um, medium, because oh, none of the orchids are in soil, they're usually either in a bark mix or in a, in a moss mix. If they're in a moss mix, they can easily be overwatered, because if you put just a little bit of water every day, you never actually uh, get fresh air down around the roots. And you have to remember that orchids actually in nature live on trees, so they need air around their roots. So when you water, you want to water with lots of water and have it run 
flow over the top of the pot, run through the bottom, so all the old air gets pushed out and new air is pulled in. So maybe in the sink, the kitchen sink would be the the place really flush through Flush through or use a a pail and dip the whole thing and, and then make sure it drains. Always make sure it drains. Uh, usually these the uh, orchids from the store, from the grocery store, come in a little uh, uh, ceramic pot. Yeah, two pots, right? There's, There's two pots. One inside, one outside. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you have to remember that, that uh, when you have that ceramic pot, if you pour water in there, it's going to stay. And mm-hmm. if that, that root ball stays wet all the time, it's going to rot. And that's why you're, you're losing your leaves. In between, mm-hmm. you want the, the, the medium to dry a little bit. Mm-hmm. So after, after watering, you want to mm-hmm. make sure you pour off the extra water so that you, that's underneath the plant, unless it's sitting below the, where the pot goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a little bo- water underneath is fine, but mm-hmm. you do not want the w- plant sitting yeah, in water. Yeah, so humidity is good, but we do not want the plant yeah. sitting in a swamp, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, they, they, that, they're not swamp. They're, These are not bog plants. No. They're air mm-hmm. plants. They, they are plants, like you said, they live naturally in trees, yeah. so That's they get right. really well watered during a rainstorm and then really well drained in between. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to get at home. Yeah, and so yeah. when, uh, when you, you so you're doing it once a week with, with moss is probably okay, but in the winter time, you know, there's not a lot of light and maybe a little bit cooler. You might not have to do it quite as often. The way to check to see if it needs water, well, you can touch the top, you know, if it's dry. But what happens is that it's not necessarily dry all the way down. So um, when you water, if you lift that pot, it's going to be quite heavy. Mm-hmm. If you, you lift it up a few days later, and it's lighter. But when it gets really light. That's when you water again, right. and th- then you know uh, th- it's there. And that's we learned that from experience, right? That's yeah. that's why mm-hmm. people yeah. like you and me have killed lots of orchids over the years because that's what we learned is the right weight mm-hmm. that the pot should be for when to water, when not to water. Sort of a trial and error basis. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. Experience. Yeah, we learn by doing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right, Sarosa. I hope that good, helps. Good luck with the orchid growing, Sarosa. You have homework. Yeah, I expect yeah. to hear back from you in a month, and I want to hear how green <laughs> those orchids are. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks, we, thanks for calling. As we wave bye-bye to Sarosa, let me remind you that uh, it frees up another line here. In Toronto, to reach Charlie Dobbin and uh, Terry Kennedy, call 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free 1-866-740. 4740. We're going to go to St. Catharines very shortly, so hang tight here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie and Terry, let's uh, head out to St. Catharines. Fausto is on the line. Good morning, Fausto. Good morning, Charlie and Terry and Frank. It's Judy from St. Catherine. Oh, Judy, okay. Judy, how are you? Okay. Good, thank you. How are you? Great. How are you? How, was your, you. how are your um, orchids? I'm calling in regards to my orchid, and I'm so sorry, but I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it starts with a P. <laughs> Phalaenopsis. Right. Um, I have or a Phalaenopsis orchid where instead of flowers coming out on a stem, I have two leaves. Oh, you're, you have a kiki, baby. a baby. You have a brand new plant. Yes, I do. Now, what do I do with it? <laughs> well, actually, you can leave it just there and, and it'll flower right on the stem. Oh, uh, okay. But, uh, but then on the other hand, you can actually, t- well, does it have any roots yet? 
It's starting to get roots. Like, um, it's basically it started off with two leaves coming out, and then there's a, there's a little ball on the top of it, which I think is a root. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done anything with it, so I wasn't sure what to do. Well, you you can do uh, well. You I would wait till the roots got a little longer, maybe a couple of inches in length. Okay, and then you can just cut the stem and. Uh, pl- Pot it up in in a, a medium that that suits you, and you have a brand new plant, and it'll be exactly the same as the one you already have. Okay, okay. So that's basically now. Is there a temperature I should be keeping them at? If you're comfortable, they're comfortable. Oh. They, that's good. <laughs> that's easy, that's isn't it? <laughs> and and the, and that's the, the main thing to remember. It's uh, uh, orchids. They, they, these are tropical plants, uh, but they really don't need the, the really high heat because we're not comfortable <coughs> under high heat. Neither are your <laughs> plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> just keep them out of you know in a place where they don't get a draft. Right. Uh, when it gets really cold, you, you don't want them really close to a window because the, right next to the window is very cold, and that can actually affect your your plants. Well, it's funny because um, where it is right now, basically we have it sitting on a, on a shelf, and it's, it is right in front of the window, and it seems to be doing much better there than uh, when we moved it from Niagara Falls, so I don't know. <laughs> well, you've, you've got the right window. You know, some windows are just perfect for mm-hmm. plants, and, and orchids in particular. When you find a spot where your, your, your plant says, yes, I, yes. This, yeah, I'm happy now, then, then leave, leave it. Yeah, <laughs> leave don't give me the alone pl- and don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Turn right. it every now and then. But yeah, that's every it. once in a while you could turn it because otherwise it'll grow to the, yes. the, uh, sort of over to one side and fall okay. over, um, and then fall over. But uh, but once the buds start coming, don't turn it because then you want because you want the uh, buds to all line up in the same direction. Well, thank you so much for all your help. I do appreciate it. Huh. Thanks, you Judy. At- thank you. Take care. Yeah. Yeah. Have and a great Judy, weekend. If, if you can come to the. Orchid Show in Toronto, highly recommended because one of the things I got last time I was there was I had an orchid that needed to be repotted. And you don't just go into any old pot. You want special pot. And you don't just use any old soilless mix or potting soil. You need a special media. So I I was able to pick up all the things I needed to repot my orchid at the Orchid Show. So it's excellent for getting tools and supplies Mm -hmm. and expertise. Wonderful expertise. Of course. But you're expert as it is, Charlie. I really really don't (laughs) anybody else. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Charlie's an expert. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. We appreciate the accolades for our our, uh, sweetheart next door here. (laughs) All right, uh, Nancy in Hagersville. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. morning. That last lady actually had the same question as I did, but I have an orchid that has uh, four leaves on the top of the stem. Because it's grown on the old stem, mm-hmm. and it has uh, three, four roots, and I've got one long flower stem with six flowers on it, wow. and another one on the other side. But the stems, they grow beneath the leaves. But then it comes up underneath the leaves. Does it not sort of curl around and up? Um, well... The way it is right now, it's kind of, it's still underneath it, but it's, I haven't cut it off the, the stem or anything that. So there's a little okay. kiki we're talking the, about. This yeah, is the baby. kiki has, yeah. has uh, a flower stem on it? Yes. 
Oh, oh yeah, th- that's what yeah, they do. Yeah, two on it. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so you, um, it's again, you, so you can sort of ease them out from underneath the leaf, but be very careful because they're very, very brittle. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're like me, then you want to kick yourself because you broke it off. Mm. But, yeah, uh, I've just left it for a while. I wasn't sure what I... I figure wait until they're done flowering to maybe try and pot it up. Well, you, you can, you can. Although at the, this stage you can probably pot it up. At it's they're starting to really grow because mm-hmm. the you know the days are getting longer and you're getting more light and and that kind of thing. So you could pot it up now, or you could just wrap some moss around those roots, and that'll give that extra humidity Moisture. for the roots and feed the help feed the roots um and that and let them flower and, and prolong, then pot, pot them yeah prolong the flowering th- probably that would, yeah because if you don't change things the flowers will probably last longer but by making sure you miss those roots or even put moss around them as i said just you know just little wrap it around. tiny teaspoon of sphagnum moss is all you need probably like uh, a tiny uh, bit well no we actually you would wrap around it so the the roots are covered yeah and then and then just you know with a little bit of um, old nylon or stocking but just wrap it around the the stem and the roots and mm-hmm. then let it flower and after it's done then you can just cut it off and pot it up with that moss and that yeah. a little bit more and you've got a another super plant uh-huh. um, good what's the best is it good to use the chips or do, do they actually need very much to be potted in well, they do need something. Well, the reason that they need it, that in nature, they're not really potted on anything, right? They mm-hmm. just grow on a tree and the roots are actually way out in the air. But you have to remember in the tropics, the humidity is really high. So if you can keep the humidity really high, you don't have to pot it in anything. Mm-hmm. We just pot it up so that we can keep some humidity around, uh, uh, around the roots. Now, what is the, plant gro- the, the mother plant growing in? It's growing in the wood chips. In the wood chips. Yeah. Okay. So obviously you you have learned how to grow in the wood chips, and that's what you should continue doing. So I would get some wood chips, the, the bark chips, specifically we call them. orchid right. bark. Yeah, orchid yeah. bark. Uh, probably a sort of a medium, a small to medium, or a mix with bark chips, and pot that um, uh, new plant into yeah. that. Hmm. What happens when if you keep the bag too long, and sometimes it, it looks like it's got kind of mold in it? Is that when you throw out the bag? <laughs> well, the, the problem with what you could do is um, uh, pour uh, boiling water over it, and that'll kill the, the mold that's happening. And then lay it out to dry. Uh, uh, and then, you know, lay it out to dry. Well, you don't have to, if you're going to use it, you don't mm-hmm. have to dry it because True, you want to want to uh, use it but you don't uh, wait till it cools down mm. um <laughs> we don't we don't want to toast the the boil, roots <laughs> boil the orchids but oh. um, but the thing is that if if you have the bag for a while if you're going to have the uh, bark chips around for a while i would make sure that they're very dry mm-hmm. uh, you can keep them almost forever as long as they're really dry it the mold only happens mold needs moisture to to grow so if you if you had kept the the bark really dry it wouldn't have the mold mm-hmm. but now but you can still kill it with by mm-hmm. pouring hot water over it that's a good idea rather than just tossing yeah. them and mm-hmm. buying fresh stuff mm-hmm. oh good but i have one orchid that um the root i think the roots kind of rotted mm-hmm it got too wet in the pot. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And the the leaves are almost black, but there's one that's kind of green. Mm-hmm. The so middle kinda, one. I tried to get rid of all the the bad roots in the bottom. I don't know whether it would come back or not. Um, it might. It might not. But sometimes. You sort of have to look at it and think about how long it's going to take to come back. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we bury it 
very reverently <laughs> and uh, get Move another on. one to replace it. <laughs> and yeah. not overwater it the next time. Yep. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> Super, Nancy. Thank you very Thanks much for, for calling, calling in. Thank you. And have a great weekend. Keep I it tuned it. to AM 740, where we're uh, broadcasting from right in Liberty Village, as a matter of fact. Uh, we're going to go now to Bellwood and say hi to Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Um, I love your show. Um, I don't get to it all the time, but I just had a phone because I have an orchid in my bathroom window, and it has eight and nine blooms on it. it I've had it for two and a half years. It's beautiful. Wow. <clears throat> I love it. And uh, every morning, I... When I get up, I say, good morning, you're beautiful, I love you. <laughs> and when says, I go to bed at night, I close the curtains, I say, good night, I'll see you in the morning, I love you, you're beautiful. See and how well I'll it does with you, love. You need love water. for orchids. <laughs> Make sure it's drained. And that orchid loves me, I'm sure, and I love it. And I think if you talk to your plants, I do believe, uh, yes, I don't know how to do all the other stuff, but I'll tell you, it is most beautiful. Everybody comes in, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, I'm loving it. There you exactly. Go. Now, exactly. If, if couples picked up your habit there, there would be far less divorces going on. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's so true. My first one died. The second one, I thought, I better love this one better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, obviously, you're doing something right. And, yeah, and, okay. uh, and I think that also, when you, uh, <clears throat> part of what talking to your plants is, is that uh-huh. you, to talk to them, you have to to look at them instead of just ignoring them on a, on a window or a shelf or whatever. But when you talk to them, you look at them and you see that if there's any issues, you can you can catch them right at, at the beginning, and oh. that's why that's one of the reasons that plants do so well when you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard, but there was a thing on oh, I'm not sure of radio, TV, but anyway, and it said that they got a, a machine out or something that now they're learning. Uh, they're putting it on the plants, and the plants are are responding. They're mm. they're like humming or whatever. The plants talk. To mm. or talk to you. Oh yeah. Well, this so isn't isn't nose. something new at all. There's mm. a couple of books out about uh, Since where the they 60s, yeah. yeah in the sixties where they they actually had uh, sort of microphones on the plants and and they responded to different music differently and mm. all that That's kind of thing. What it was. Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly. There's a couple of books out, but it's secret they're really secret yeah. life of plants yeah. and and that's a really interesting breed actually. Mm. It's uh, the, uh, it's been a while, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but but it does support the idea of sending good vibes, good love yes. to your plants, uh-huh. and yeah. you will be returned. Plants multi- are like times. people. Yep, there you I go. agree. I agree. Like I told my my first husband. Um, anyway, he doesn't matter. <laughs> the second husband, I said, you know what? Don't I? I am a woman. Don't just put me in the house and give me water. I'll die. I need love. Do you get it? That's and right. if you don't love me, I'm out of here. <laughs> Good work. Oh, thanks, thanks for joining us, Sandra. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, orchids are beautiful. Yeah. I love them. I, I never did. I thought, who wants one of those things? Yeah. See, I don't like them. And they can oh be intimidating. God, they're yeah. beautiful. Good they stuff. are, and there's so many different ones. You have to come to the show That's and right. see all You're the different in Bellwood. ones. You're not oh, far away. Yeah. 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 Come on well, down. Thank, thank I will. That. I'd be lying if I said I would because I, I usually don't leave the farm. But uh, we don't have animals. The only animal I have is my husband. Well, but yeah. It's a good excuse. Excuse to get off the farm, then. Especially in February. Thanks a lot, and I love you all. Thanks for calling. Appreciate the the giggle.
We uh, got a little bit of joviality there, huh? Um, we're going to go international very shortly. Cool. Yeah, we're off to Buffalo in just a couple of moments to a first-time caller, so keep it where it is right now here on Zoomer Radio. It's the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie and Terry. Frank's reaching for the old bell oh, here. A little exercise. Hey, that's good. That's for Mike in Buffalo. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I have a question regarding roses. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a very, very old rose bush. It actually was my grandmother's. Uh, it's still planted in the yard uh, probably more than 50 years now. Okay. Uh, she had all different varieties of roses, but this one in particular... Um, it was uh, kind of unusual. It uh, it, it was a, a pink rose, very very fragrant, um, but it didn't look like a usual rose. The petals it was like two or three times the number of petals in there. It almost looked like a, a little little bit like a, a chrysanthemum or a carnation or something. Oh. You know, with that many petals hmm. and the stems instead of the usual thorns, they had all these little needles running the full length of the stem, but it was definitely a rose. The leaves look like a rose, and it smells like a rose. Uh, I'm trying to find out mm. what variety it is mm. and what's the best way to transplant. Uh, I guess these would be the stringers off of it. The original bush died years ago. It was overrun with vines and everything, and it kind of killed it off. Mm. But the roots sent out underground stringers or whatever you want to call them, Suckers. and it started sending up new shoots, mm-hmm. and a few of them have have uh, been able to flower, and I've got leaves on them and so forth, and I'd like to be able to dig those up and transplant them to my yard. Um, what type is this, and how would I be, what would be the best way to uh, transplant it? Uh, in terms of the actual name of that rose, I wouldn't be able to help you th- with that right now. But there are people out there, they're called Rosarians, and they are rose people. Buffalo Botanical Gardens is where I'd start. Um, take okay. pictures, take pictures of leaves, stems, blooms, so through the seasons. In terms of moving those, so this rose where there are still existing growing bits, that's where it was your grandmother's place. So who lives there now? Some family, I guess? Um well, nobody's there right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were going to be selling the house eventually, and that's why I, I live about a half an hour away out in uh, Elba, New York, uh, near West Seneca, East Aurora area. And uh, I wanted to dig these up and transplant them to my house and replant them. Okay, so your timing, uh, I, is, timing is good. I, Spring is the time to do that. Um, okay. What I would do is obviously scope out at your property where you're planning to put these. You need full sun, minimum six hours of direct sun every day, where you're going to plant these individual plants. <clears throat> You need a, a, a good soil. Organic material is very important, whether you've got a sandy soil or clay soil. Make sure you're adding compost or composted manure. Make sure it's, a, it's a quite a, a fairly rich, well-drained soil in a bright, sunny location. So you've eyeballed these spots where these roses are going to get transplanted to. And what you would do is go out on a nice... Well, it depends when spring arrives, right? Every spring is a bit different. But it might be March. It might be April. It might even be May if it's a late spring sharp shovel, you're going to go out there and you're going to sever those little plants that are coming up above ground. You're going to dig down, follow the stems down very carefully. There will be roots coming off the stem and then that stem will continue off somewhere else 
underground. So with your sharp shovel, you're going to sever those roots uh, and you're going to have a plant. So you're going to have the above ground growth, that below ground bit that you have now severed away from the main plant. And there are little root hairs on that stem. I probably have pots with me or at least bags with moist soil. And I would right away take those, what I've just dug up from underground, and make sure I've got the roots, you know, covered and protected with some some moist soil. Could be bushel baskets, could be pails, could be anything, could be pots, and then transport, you know, do all your digging, and then transport, and get stuff in the ground sooner than later when you get home. So, minimize the stress on the plants. Okay. When I go to dig it up, uh, figure if I were to go and say like about a foot away, uh, like a foot around or maybe a foot two feet around the pl- the uh, little plant that's coming up, mm-hmm. should be sufficient? Oh, yeah. Two feet is probably more than you're going to be able to actually carry. The, the challenge whenever we're transport planting something is make sure the soil is moist. That's why spring is usually great. And when you do that lifting, you want to try and have it that the soil stays attached to the root ball that you're lifting up. So make sure it's something reasonable that you can lift yourself and lift it in such a way that all that soil doesn't fall away from the root. That's the perfect world. It doesn't always work that way. It depends on what kind of soil you have. But if it's a bit of a clayey soil, it tends to stick better. And um, and the moisture levels help with the stickiness as well. But yeah, um, depending on the height of the plant, like say the plant is a foot tall, then you, you're right. Uh, 18-inch root ball all the way around, yeah. and depth might be as much as a foot to 18 inches deep as well. And okay. lifting yeah, you all that. Described it, you described it pretty well. They are, uh, say, six inches to a foot tall, mm-hmm. and uh, the soil in that area is it's a little bit uh, compacted. It's uh, well, got some clay content in there, and but it is a very moist area of the yard, so mm-hmm. moisture is not a problem there. Mm-hmm. Good. And where you're going, you don't want them to be in a boggy situation. Roses do not want to be constantly wet. They'd rather be on the dry side than the wet side. So make sure full sun, well-drained soil, no bogginess. Okay. As a matter of fact, yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got a perfect area. It, it does get full sun, and it's uh, like a little bit of a high spot in the yard. And nice. uh, I think they'd probably do well there. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Send we pictures. have to kind of move along. Uh, sorry, folks. Just <laughs> okay. we're bumping okay, up to you. our next break, Mike. Thanks for calling, well, Mike. Thank you very much. Don't be a stranger, Mike. I love stories like You're that. You're always welcome here. That sounds like an intriguing rose, too, with yeah, so many it's petals interesting, to it. Huh? Yeah. Um, we'll be talking to Bill in Pickering in just moments here after you hear a few fine words from our fine sponsors here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Terry and uh, Charlie, let's go to Pickering. Here's Bill on the line. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you all? Great. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for all the great advice. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling about geraniums this morning. Mm -hmm. I usually, in September, bring in about 20 to 30 mother pots, the mother plants, I call them, pot Mm -hmm. them up and Mm -hmm. keep them going over the winter through uh, on lights and all that, Mm -hmm. and uh, take lots of cuttings for the next season. Nice. But this September, uh, I'm going to be unavailable for October, November, and December. So I'd like to pot them up and bring them in, and I'd like to know what would be the best way of doing this and getting them through and taking lots of cuttings, and um, that's what I'm after. But if you're not there for three months, who's going to look after them while they're in pots growing for those three months? I would like to dry store them. Right. 
or maybe I shouldn't pot them up. Maybe I should just dry them bare root. I'm not sure. Have you got a root cellar or a cool wine a cellar? Dr- I have a dry basement. It's uh, I, Yes, I have a cold room, but I don't think I have enough space in it. Mm-hmm. How about the regular basement? Heated. Mm-hmm. Hard to keep them alive in a heated situation. Because for people that are listening, what the, the geraniums are one of those plants that sometimes we love them and we, we have such good success with them, we want to keep them because they are expensive mm-hmm. to buy every spring. So keep bringing them in in the fall, bringing in a few in the fall, is an excellent way to propagate, as you've mentioned, taking cuttings. And I think Terry's going to jump in because she's doing the same thing mm-hmm. it, the following spring and avoid having to spend hundreds of dollars of buying them all over again. Mm-hmm. So I've always done the... Keep it in a pot, treat it like a house plant, sunny window all winter, water as required, uh, enjoy flowers all winter, and then start taking cuttings in the spring because all that new growth starts to pop up and we can make you know, 10, 20, whatever number of plants off that mother plant to yeah. go out in June or May. However, the, the idea of the dry storage, the take it out of the ground, take the soil away from the roots... Sometimes people put it in a paper bag. Sometimes they just hang them upside down in a basement. But that would be a cool, dark, pretty humid basement in order for that to work. Because that's how they used to overwinter geraniums. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when the floor of the basement was soil. And the onions and potatoes and everything was stored down there. It was a root cellar. Yeah. And now with our finished basements and our heated, so dry, cool. and everything else, I don't think you'd have great success. It might, might be worth a try. Um, is this, Terry was saying she's got some both in pots and in bags this winter. Yes, and actually the, uh, a friend of mine did the in bags things, and she put them in paper bags. And some of them she, ha- she hung up upside down and some right side up mm-hmm. the ones that were right side up did not survive yeah, they have to go upside down they, they have to go up uh, oh. upside down and it, actually if if you've got a, a root cellar then once you take them out of the out of the pots they really don't take up much much room mm-hmm. and they may uh, at least half of them would fit into your root cellar mm-hmm. it's a thought it's it's a cold under the front porch root cellar that's what i have separated from the house but it's not not very moist uh, well, just because of that cool temperature, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't, you wouldn't want a lot of humidity in there. You'd get a lot of water running down the sides. The main thing is, is along, it's got to be above zero. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's what I would do. If you're not around for three months, I would, as Terry said, dig up as many as you can. Once you dug them up, wash all that soil off the roots, and they're still quite pliable. We're talking September, roughly, when you'd be doing all this. Yes. Yeah. And they'd still be quite pliable, so you could do a certain amount of, you know, mm. compaction. Yeah, compaction of the plant. Put one each in each bag. I wouldn't try and jam more than one into each bag, and figure out a way to hang them up however you need to. Just run them in there, bags against bags. And I think you might find you you could have a fair amount of survival and you would be taking cuttings from those the following February, March, basically. Now, should I cut them back? Uh, before I hang them, or you can cut flowers off. Is. Cut flowers off is a good idea, but I, I wouldn't necessarily. Or if they're really awkward shape, I would cut them to make them more of a uniform shape. But otherwise, I wouldn't do a lot of cutting back. Okay, powder them or insect spray, etc. No, I don't think so. Make sure they're clean and dry. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay, Bill, Soap good luck and with water. that. <laughs> Thanks. Let us know how that works. That's cool. I like it. Just before we take our next caller, I know that uh, Terry wants to tell a little, little bit of sp- special stuff going on at the uh, Orchid Show and next having to do with weekend. kids. Yeah, yeah, next weekend, Toronto Botanical Gardens. What's going on that's a little different this year from 
other shows? Well, if you notice, if you go to a, a garden club or you, you look at the gardeners, they're getting a little silvery on top. Mm, I've noticed so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, what the the Orchid Society is trying to do at present is to in, encourage young people to to grow orchids or just to grow plants, and mm-hmm. I think and they can get very interested. Uh, so what we've done this year on Sunday from from eleven to four, there is a special. Um, kids corner that we're having Mm -hmm. and there the the kids will learn about orchids there's orchid stamps there's uh there's a they will be looking for for orchids they're going to make cards for valentine's and uh, there's also an opportunity to get orchid uh henna uh tracings and also the other thing we'll have is um orchid uh Washable tattoos, uh, temporary tattoos, <laughs> and they're all colored, and and this is all free to the kids. Yeah, so beautiful. Uh, we encourage people to to bring their kids, uh, have them learn a little bit about orchids, and and the mom and dad can then enjoy the show and buy plants and learn about plants and all that kind of now, stuff. Now, it does say very clearly right here on the flyer, supervised children under 12 are free. So children are, there's mm-hmm. no cost for them to get in the door, but supervising them is important. This is not a babysitting service that's, that's right. being provided. Yeah, that's right. This is an activity, but supervision from parents is required. And it's always been like, you walk in the door and there's the big exhibits and the beautiful views yeah. and aromas and everything else on the main floor. And then upstairs, there's some vendors selling mm-hmm. stuff and some speakers Upstairs, upstairs, and then downstairs, yeah, down in, more down vendors. In the the um, floral, floral hall—that's all vendors. And uh, where we are have, the kids going to be in all that? The the kids' room. The, you know, when you come in on the left hand oh, side, yeah, that's right. A, so the tables are all perfect. perfect. There, they're yes, already children size. And so uh, we have uh, a mother that is keen on getting her kids involved, and she's she's done a great job of of organizing these activities. And we'd really like to see you know a bunch of kids really enjoy these. <laughs> Smart, really smart. Yeah. I think that you know that's one of our jobs is to encourage and, and really Get you know enthuse the yes. new ones, the <laughs> right. next generation. We don't have time we're, for another caller, my friend. I'm, I'm we're, sorry, we're, we're out of time. Fresh out of time. I'm yeah. so sorry. So uh, we've got Nick and Norbert still on the phone next week. Call early, call often. Absolutely. And Sean will be here with me. Frank will be. In sunny Florida. With a margarita <laughs> in his hand yeah. and just, you know, hanging out in the sun. Terry. It won't be in my hand long. Yes, thank you so much for <laughs> and making And I'll be at the Orchid Show. You'll be at, there you that's go. right. You'll be at so the I'm show. So looking forward to seeing all of you at the Orchid Show. Perfect. Planning to be there if we possibly can. Thanks again for coming. Thanks, Carlos, Duncan. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.